Okay, now, the last few weeks we've been exploring the New Testament book of Acts, this series called Journey Through Acts. And today we're going to continue that story, that journey. In a few moments, I'm going to introduce Paul and Elaine, who are going to read to us. Um, This is a really interesting passage where we meet somebody called Stephen. And I want you to consider how you meet somebody. When I meet somebody, I often say something along the lines of, Hi, my name is Adam. What's your name? What do you do? Where do you live? And people often say, well, my job is this, and I live there, and I've been here for some time. And it's, it's interesting, but we don't often learn much below the surface. Today, we, I want to look at this passage and ask the question, who is this person, Stephen? And what can we learn from him? I believe that there is a lot that we can learn by being attentive. So Paul and Elaine are going to read to us Acts 7. It is an abbreviated reading. The whole passage is quite large. I want to make this comment. Please do read the whole passage, perhaps later today in your Bible, or if you would like the full video version of somebody reading it for you, we're going to post the link to that video in the comments uh, on the Facebook page, so you can watch that later. But now, Paul and Elaine are going to read Acts 7 to us. Good morning, South Shore. My name is Elaine. Good morning, I'm Paul. And we are delighted to be able to read Acts 7 for you this morning. And this is from the New International Version. I'll be reading the first half, and Paul will be reading the second half. So here we go, Acts 7 NIV. Stephen's speech to the Sanhedrin. Then the high priest asked Stephen, Are these charges true? To this he replied, Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said, and go to the land I will show you. However the Most High does not live in houses made by human hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me? Says the Lord, Oh, where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all of these things? You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You have received the law that was given through angels, but have not obeyed it. The Stoning of Stephen When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, 
Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Thank you, Paul and Elaine. So Acts 7, I want to ask the question, what can we learn from Stephen? What can you learn from Stephen? In this passage, we see something of his words and his actions in his heart. And that's important, the words, the actions, and the heart. What can we learn from Stephen? If you have read the previous chapter, Acts 6, you will know that when we meet Stephen for the first time, he is described as a man full of God's grace and power. What a wonderful way to be described. Just imagine if you were described to someone, oh, hey, this is Joe, and Joe is a man who's full of God's grace and power. I love that idea, that sense of fall. And I love the combination of grace, which is kind and welcoming, but yet power, which is full of the power of God. Grace and power. What a great combination. So he's initially introduced to us as a man full of God's grace and power. In Acts 7, we learn that his faith got him into trouble. He was persecuted. He had a response. And I want us to give special attention to his response for the way he handled himself in challenging times. We all face challenging times. What do we do in those moments? There's a lot I believe we can learn. So beginning, Acts 7 verse 2, he's been accused, he's been challenged, he's been brought before the religious authorities, and he knows uh, the power that they have and the force that they can inflict. And Acts 7 verse 2 begins with this, to this he replied, brothers and sisters, listen to me. I want to draw out some simple but powerful ideas that we see in this passage. And the first one is we've got to know the story, we've got to know our story, and we've got to be prepared for a reply. And this passage begins where he's saying, listen to me. I want you to hear this. Brothers and sisters, I want you to hear this. To this he replied, may we have a response. May we have a voice and may we be willing to reply. So he replies and he gives this big story, this big picture of the Old Testament. He goes through these massive characters, these key leaders of the Old Testament, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, David, Solomon. He tells this big story. The version that you've just had read by Paul Lane is an abbreviated version. The full version is this huge historical sketch where he is telling the story so far. And in this historical sketch, there is one reoccurring theme that flows throughout it all. And that is the story of God. And the theme is God loves people. He keeps reaching out to people. And he uses men and women along the way, some of which are mentioned by Stephen in this long introduction where he tells the whole story of the Old Testament. But the message is the same message. God loves people and he keeps reaching out to them, of which we are fortunate to be in that mix where God loves us. He loves you. He loves me. And he's reaching out to them. But the tragedy of this story is some people keep missing it. 
Some people don't hear, don't respond. It's as if their ears are covered, which is an interesting use of phrase. The end of Acts 7, the passage that we're looking at today, after Stephen tells the story, it says some of them covered their ears. They don't want to hear. But the story is the same story that it's always been. It goes back to the beginning of time, goes back to the Garden of Eden in Genesis and goes all the way through the scripture. And it is God loves people. He wants to be in relationship with them. And throughout all these twists and turns of history, he keeps reaching out to them. That is the story of God. So the first thing I want to say to you that's important that we can learn from Stephen is know the story. Know the story of God. That's the first thing I want you to know. It's the first thing I want you to see. Stories are really powerful. Often we think that facts and statistics are persuasive and powerful, but actually, I'm not convinced sometimes they are. Stories are powerful. Stories stick. There are moments in our lives when we have an experience and it sticks. Let me tell you a story. New England is famous for clam chowder. This was a new dish for me as I moved here nearly two years ago. And my family liked it. And we have learned, and some of you will be nodding at this point, that there is a difference between the good and the great version of clam chowder. And we've experienced some average, some good, and some great. Last summer, we had a few days on the Cape. We went to a fish market. And the fish market had some really fresh food. They had a kitchen and they made clam chowder. And the fish market was here and the boat was next to it, 20 footsteps. So as often is the case with food, the lesser the travel, the better the taste. The clam chowder was great. When we were there last, we ordered some and it started to rain. And there's no indoor seating. We were sitting outside and it started to rain. And someone in my family had the idea that we would huddle under a tree we had a blanket in the back of the car, and we huddled under the tree with the rain just loosely falling, and we had the clam chowder, and it was great. That was a moment that um, I didn't know the impact. I didn't know how it stuck. This year, we had a week, two weeks ago, where we had a few days in Rhode Island, and we ate out one evening, and we had some clam chowder, and it was pretty good. I said to my youngest daughter, hey, is this the best clam chowder you've had yet? Of which she paused and said to me, it's good, but clam chowder tastes better in the rain under a tree. And when she said that, instantly I remembered. And it challenged me because I guess it reminds me that stories stick. We don't remember the ingredients of that dish, but we, re we remember that moment. Stories stick. This story, the story of God, sticks and it changes us. And we are invited into this story. And in ourselves, we have a story. So the first point that I want to encourage you to know and to remember is to know the story of God, that God loves people and he always reaches out to them. The second point is know your story. Know your personal story. My story goes along the lines of I had a great upbringing. I was brought into church, and I, I believed it. But there was a moment in my mid to late teens where I asked some questions. God, are, are you real? 
And if you are, show yourself to me, not just in an inherited sense, but reveal yourself to me. And over the course of that summer, I was 16 years old, there were moments where God revealed himself to me in a very personal way. And I was changed. I was changed forever. And often our story goes along the lines of, I was like this. I had this moment where I invited Jesus in to change me, and I changed. I was like this, and now I'm like this. And in our personal story, we aren't experts. We're never experts. We're learners. The New Testament uses the word disciple, and disciple means a learner or an apprentice. And we, I, am a learner. I'm an apprentice. I haven't got all of the answers, but I know that I once was over here and my life was kind of average and not that great. I invited Jesus in and he changed me and he continues to change me. So my second point that we can learn from Stephen, as we see in this passage, is know your story. Know the story of God and then know your story and how you fit into that. And thirdly, give a response. I read the opening passage where Stephen says, listen to me. He is eager to give a response. Later New Testament writers wrote, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. Give a response. Always be prepared. Don't be reluctant. Don't keep the goodness of God to yourself. Remember that story of God, the biggest story that God loves all people? Let's not keep that story to ourselves, but always be prepared to give a response. And may I encourage you, I use the word give, may your giving be a gift, not an argument. Very rarely do we argue someone into relationship with God. But often when we graciously give somebody a gift, it's easier for them to receive it. Now, may I encourage you that a gift is something that we can give easily and often. We don't need to be over-persuasive. We can, in our relationships and our friendships, give a gift. I found some conversations to be quite interesting. People don't necessarily profess to always have a faith, but most people believe something. I had a conversation with somebody recently, and very early on in the conversation, this person learned what I do for a job, that I'm a church leader, and they were instantly quite hesitant, and kind of some fences went up, of which this person very quickly said, I don't believe. I said, okay, that's interesting, that's fine, and I asked them some other questions. I said, so what, what do you think? Of which the person who said, I don't believe, then went on to say, well, this is what I think. I believe that there probably is some God somewhere. And then they continue to tell me in kind of vague terms that they aren't actually fixed. They don't actually know exactly what they believe. And there is an openness somewhere at some point to explore. And we'll come back to it maybe. And I said, that's really interesting. And I listened to them. Listening is respectful. Always listen. Don't just be so quick in your response that you don't listen. So I listened and I said, well, this is what I believe. And I began to tell the story that I believe, that God loves people and he reaches out to people. That's the story of God. And that my experience was this. That's my story. And then I just said, this is what I believe, that God loves you. And when you're ready, if you want to come to him, if you want to accept him, if you want to pray 
God, if you're real, show me, show me that you are. I believe that he will. May we be prepared to give a response. And may our response be a gift. In the end of this passage, Acts 7 verse 55. I want to look at this. I'm going to read this, the final chapters of this passage, and I want to ask you to consider what you need to do in light of the example that we see of Stephen. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and they gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So Stephen has made his speech. He's told the story of God, of which his story fits in that. And it's annoyed them. And they're angry. They're furious. It says that they gnashed their teeth, which is this biblical way of saying they were really angry. And it says that some of them covered their ears, which is this tragedy that we see in Scripture and tragedy that we see in humanity today, that there are some people who just cover their ears. But look what Stephen does. In verse 55, it says, Stephen looked up to heaven. At the moment when the crowd are hostile, at the moment where they are rearing up to recommend that they kill him, at the moment where he is in the toughest circumstances, we assume ever his life really is in the balance. And in that moment, it says, Stephen looked to heaven. What do you do when you find yourself in the tough circumstances? What do you do when people don't understand you or agree with you? Or perhaps you find yourself persecuted to the point which many of us have not experienced, where your life is in the balance. Where do you look in the dark moments, in the tough times, in the tears? It says in this moment, and Stephen looked to heaven. May I encourage you in the dark moments, in the challenges, in the trials, may I encourage you in those moments to look to heaven to look to God, not to look away, but to look to him, to run to him. And Stephen looked to heaven, and he didn't just look to heaven for himself. The very next passage, verse 56, 7 verse 56, it says this. This is beautiful. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Look at the beginning, this simple word, look. Not only is he looking to heaven in this moment, but even to a hostile crowd of which some of them have covered their ears, he's saying to them, look, I want you to look too. I want you to see what I see. I want you to experience what I've experienced. I don't want to just keep it for myself. Remember, he knows the story of God. He knows his story. He's giving a response. And in this moment, as he is looking in his moment of despair, he looks at this crowd that are hostile and angry. 
and he doesn't argue back. He says to them, look, I want you to see what I see. May we be those people who look to God in our dark moments and say to the people around us who equally are in dark moments of uncertainty and despair. And sometimes it's obvious and public and sometimes it's private, but we all have dark moments. May we be the people who say, look at what I'm looking at. May you see what I see. Even at the end. The passage ends, it says, Stephen fell asleep, which is this beautiful, poetic way of saying he died. We all, at one point, will fall asleep. The question is, what do we do with the gift of life, the breath in our lungs today, between this moment now and that moment, which we will all have? What do we do in that gap? What do we do in that space? What are you going to do with the gift of life that you have today? None of us know how long, how many days, but we all, at the moment, if you're watching this, we've all got the gift of life in us. What are we going to do with it? So what can we learn from Stephen and what can we learn from Acts 7? Very simply, know the story of God. Know the story so far that God loves you and me and he reaches out to you. Know your story. And if you don't have a story, if you're not convinced you have a story, it begins with a moment in this moment where we recognize that the story that we've lived so far isn't great. We've done things that we shouldn't have done. And we take a moment where we pause and we say, Jesus, please forgive me. Please change me. Please feel me and please show yourself to me. Help me to live differently. And if you've never prayed a prayer as simple as what I've just said, because that's all it is, it's a prayer of invitation. May I encourage you today to pray that prayer, that simple prayer. It's a prayer where we're saying, change my story. If you pray that today for the first time, Please maybe write in the comments on this Facebook page if you're watching it on the Facebook page or if you're watching it online, send us an email. But just tell us. Write something like, invite. I want to invite Jesus into my story. The story I've lived so far is not that great. I want to change the story. Write the word invite in the Facebook comments and this week we'll, we'll call you or we'll follow up with you or we'll pray for you. But may we know our story. And then lastly, the third comment, what can we learn Give a response and may your response be a gift where we look to heaven in the dark moments and as a gift and as a response to those around us, we say to others too, look what I see. Know the story of God, know your story and give a response for the hope, for the faith that we have. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the story so far, the story, which is a love story that God loves people and he wants to be in relationship with them. Thank you, Lord, for our personal story that you noticed us, you saw us. And before we found you, you found me, you found us. Lord, I pray that you would enrich our story, that we would find you afresh today and that everyone watching the service today, our online 
gathering, everyone would be enriched in their story with the presence of God in a new way. And thirdly, Lord, may we be prepared to give a response. May the goodness of God that has been poured into us flow from us. May we be those people who say, look at what I've seen. Come and find it too. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like prayer, if you want to invite Jesus into your life for the first time, as I said, write the word invite in the Facebook comments and we'll follow up with you. For me, that is a moment where my story changed. And as I said, if you are available to join us and you can safely gather, please join us next Sunday for our outdoor service. We would love to see you. We would love to be together. Have a great week.